the camel, uh, it'd be easier than a camel to go through the, the eye of the needle. And um, this month, it, it, the, the name of the month is Elul, but it, the Jewish people also call this month the eye of the needle month. So I thought that was quite interesting that you had just mentioned that, and maybe you purposely brought that up knowing that. But um, I didn't know that. But um, I want to show you something that I brought. If I can get it out here without harming myself. Can y'all see what this is? This is a needle, yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> you might could see the eyes just simply, you kind of know where it is simply because it, there's a piece of string attached to it. And the only reason that the string's attached to it is because that's the only way I could get it out and show it to you without killing myself. But um, this month, God is asking us, to open up a place in our hearts that we need to give hint to him that even if it's just as big as the eye of the needle, do you know how small that is? He's asking for just a little bitty space, something that we've tried to um, do on our own, something that we've tried to handle on our own. He's asking us to give up the little bitty spot of eye the eye of the needle to him. He's not asking much, is he? You know, it, Debbie talked to us and ta taught us that um, this is the month where the king is in the field. Our Jesus is very approachable. He wants us to come and, and meet with him. And we've somehow bought into the fact that if we approach him and we don't have everything all lined up, that he's going to take that sword and bop us right over the head. That's not our loving king. But he's asking us. He's saying, I don't demand that you, that you change your entire life this month. He's not saying. He's just saying, I ask only that you open up for me the eye of the needle. So find a place in your life that you can totally dedicate to him and let him prove himself to you. It also talked about, as I was reading, uh, remember the story of Ruth and Naomi? And um, Ruth ended up going with the mother-in-law, and they, they get to where, get back to where uh, Naomi is from, and uh, she sends Ruth out to the fields to work. Remember that? And um, she's out there doing her thing. Well, you know what? There came a time where she was to shift into a new position. But what did she have to do to take that new place? Her mother-in-law gave her some really specific instructions, and she told her, change your clothes. Get all dolled up. You're getting ready to go meet the Redeemer kinsman. To be able to shift into the new thing, she had to do something. Hello? Sometimes it's up to us. If we're wanting a change, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. 
she had to change her clothes and get ready to take that new position. We're, I think, you know, spiritually, we want to go higher. We want more. We want to do, we even want uh, changes in our, just our natural lives. If you keep doing the same thing over and over, and you're going to keep getting the same result, right? We won't go into the definition of that, you know. But sometimes we have to do the one to make the change. And um, I, I love that story of because where did she go? Ruth went from the field hand to marrying the guy that owned the joint. That's a, that's a step up, ladies. Come on. <laughs> so. I'm just saying, I believe the Lord is wanting us today. What is that little bitty spot that he's wanting us to say, God, I've tried, I've tried. I've gave it to you, I've gave it to you. I've taken it back, but I want to open up even if it's just the spot of the eye of this needle, I want to open up to you today and give it to you because I don't. I know you're like me in the fact that I want more of the Lord. I want to make that shift. The Redeemer kinsman lives within us, but some of us are still out, got our field hand clothes on, trying to work in the field, and he's over here saying, Put your fancy clothes on and come join me. So, Lord, we want to we wanna take on what you have for us this morning. I, I just would like to just pray over us. Lord, we want to open up that little bitty spot, even if it is just the eye of this needle. We want to enter into this month. There's just a few days left in this month. But, Lord, we want to open up. We want to shift into getting out of the field. We want to be able to change our clothes, take off the old. Lord, take the old off of us. That is a word for some of y'all. Take off the old. It is time to step into the new of what God has for us. It is time to come to the king, approach him. Lord, we come to you with all the baggage, all the things that we keep carrying around. But, Lord, we want to open up our hearts to you and give to you, even if it is just the eye of the needle, a tiny spot. Lord, we just thank you that you are approachable. <laughs> you are the King of kings, and you are the Lord of lords. And you care about the things that concern us. And Lord, I thank you where you are taking us this day. And the changes that you are willing to walk us through. And we just bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that exciting? It is. Well, let's just stand. Uh, Byron's going to come and receive the offering this morning. And um, we are getting... Uh, really close to uh, the barn meeting, being at the barn. We're getting close to uh, the block party. We're going to need lots of help with all of that. So um, we're going to. I'll let you know when we're going to have some time of getting together and talking about some more of that. But uh, Lord, we just thank you that we can give back to you. 
And Lord, we just rejoice in that and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless those that are watching us on Facebook. Yes, we do. We welcome them. I'm glad that they're uh, joining us and come to SkyTube and join us. So y'all can be seated. And... Oh, never mind. He's saying stand up now, so sorry. Yeah. Hey, I'm just doing what he says. Mariah, get that microphone, would you, and pray? Pray for me, pray over the service. <coughs> Lord, we just thank you that you're here. Come on, we just let's thank bless you the Lord. Let's for your sweet spirit. Thank you, Lord. You just, just thank you, Lord, that you're here, what you're doing in this service, Lord. Lord, I lift up my pastor. Thank you for him. Thank you for what you're doing in and through him. Lord, I thank you for the word that he's going to bring this morning. Thank you for all who's here and bless the ones that are watching on Facebook. And we just give this day to you. And Lord, we're in your, we're in your hands. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in and through us. And we just thank you for this time. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I pray you had a good week. I pray... Today you get your life aligned for this. Who knows what's coming this week, huh? We keep praying for Afghanistan. We keep praying for our country. We keep praying for this people going to be affected by this storm if it comes in as strong as they're saying it is in New Orleans. Here's some of the things that I've thought about that are going on in this country. A judge reportedly stripped a mother of perennial rights because she's not vaccinated. Hasn't seen her 11-year-old son in two weeks. She appeared in court by Zoom with her ex-husband. Of course, the issue was child support. And judge asked if she was been, had been vaccinated. She said no. She suffers reaction to shots. So... Um, Anyway, he pulled her rights. And 60% of born-again millennials between 18 and 39 say Jesus Christ is not the only way. You can trust Muhammad or Buddha. They paved the way also. Listen, they were doomed. Jesus is the way, is the truth. He is the life. He is the only, only way. <clears throat> Here's another one. A California teacher instructs her students to pledge allegiance to the gay pride flag, removed the American flag out of her classroom. It made her feel uncomfortable. That's the world we live in. So, listen. <clears throat> we are David's army. Goliath's got us outnumbered. In Scripture, the majority is never right. It's always took a Moses or an Abraham or a David, a Hannah, somebody to take up the fight and make a stand. And that's where we are. He's called us to live in this day 
to proclaim Jesus Christ is the answer to your every problem, and yet we keep looking for everything else. And usually, lastly, we might turn to Him. Well, I, I know you don't, but many do. But yet it's just so easy to get caught up in the world. And listen, the Lord knows, He knows us. He knows all about us. And let me tell you, there's nothing good in me that I have to offer Him. All we can do is just say, Lord, whatever good comes is going to be what you do through us. Because I don't care how long you've tried to walk with God. <clears throat> we need Him just as much today as we've ever needed Him. He is the answer. He is the only way. He is the empowering. His life in us is what's important. We have a, meetings here and we attract some people from other churches. And yet, <coughs> excuse me, the biggest outreach we have locally ha has been the barn meetings and it's going to be that and the barn and the block party. You know, we've just got two Sundays here before we're at the barn. It's just coming right upon us. So, obviously this is your church. We're His people. There's work to be done. So look around. You're it. Are you up for it? Amen. Are you in or not? That's what I'm asking you. Richard, are you in? It's more important than your whatever you're working on there. <laughs> I'm pick on Richard. Listen, uh, we're going to work uh, Friday evening, anytime after six. Saturday morning, anytime after nine. We'll start getting the barn ready. the f The floor is ready, so uh, there's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a couple weeks. We got three weekends before, but we don't want to work the last weekend. So uh, just be praying about it. Pray about what God has done. There's a lady sitting back right there. That I met her at the first barn revival, and she was probably 10, 12 years old. God changes lives, and this is our outreach in this region. This is our opportunity. So, let's just let's be about what he's about. Let's move into that. I want us to look at some scripture out of uh, the book of 1 John this morning. 1 John uh, chapter 2. Be praying uh, Ray Garcia is going to come and be our speaker at the barn. Justin Todd McKinney, I mean, uh, Herod, will be with us at the block party and up here that last Sunday or at the barn that last Sunday. But uh, Ray's wife has been in the hospital or is in the hospital. And uh, their two-year-old grandson's also 
in the hospital. So they should be getting out shortly. First uh, John chapter 2. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Aren't you glad we have an advocate? I want to get to the place where, uh, you know, just trust Him. It's just so easy to say. But I want to get where I, I trust Him more than uh, condemning myself for maybe not doing everything I think I should do. Because you know what? I can never do it. I, I can never do it. But I praise God for that advocate Amen. with the Father Jesus Christ, the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins. That means He's the atoning sacrifice. He appeased the wrath of God. Not for ours only and sometimes we say jesus died just for me no he didn't die just for you and i but also for those of the whole world he has paid he has appeased the wrath of god so anyone that'll say god i can't but i come to you and i confess my sins and you do in and through my life whatever you want to do that's where the salvation process comes in. By this we know that we've come to know Him if we keep His commandments. I think John laid that out pretty simple there. You want to know if you, if you know the God? You can ask people if they know the Lord. He said... Do you keep His commandments? It's easy to say, I know the Lord. But walking it out every day is where we have to really cry out to God. The one who says, I've come to know Him and does not keep His commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. So if you say you know the Lord and you're not keeping His commandments, to walk in love and do the things he said. He said, is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. When we learn, as that verse says, to keep his word, then we have the, the love of God has been truly perfected in us and that we have an assurance or we know that we're in Him. The one who says he abides in Him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. How do you know if someone's a believer? They ought to, we ought to walk like Jesus. Come on. That's what the Word says. This is what he, where He's trying to, to get us. And you may, you're probably more in that place than you know. 
We just got to depend on Him. Just to avail yourself to Him. I'm going to skip down in that chapter to verse 15. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And that's a battle for all of us. We're pulled here. We're pulled there. Everything cries out for our attention. Everything cries out for our time. Try this. You'll be happy. Try that. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. All those things, <coughs> excuse me, those things, that covers all sin, those three things. All sin comes from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. All we can do is humble ourselves and say, God, I want to please you. Now you do in and through me what you want to do. Amen. Children, it is not the last hour. And just as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared, from this we know that it is in the last hour. I, I pray you'll hear what God's saying in this, what the Holy Spirit's saying, that the one who says, I've come to know him, that we'll be like him. We'll want to be like Him. We'll grow in Him. It's a, it's a process. You can't be. It's a becoming process. Being born again, that's, that's easy. That's instant. Then you begin to grow in Him. I want to talk about this Antichrist. You know, there are just uh, four verses in the whole Bible about the Antichrist. You know where they're at? They're all in 1 John or 2 John. There's one more right here in uh, chapter 2 and verse 22. Who is a liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. In, uh, look at... Uh, Chapter 4 of 1 John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. Now over in the book of uh, 2 John, verse 7, says, For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is the deceiver, 
the Antichrist. So a person that can't say, if they're not a believer in Jesus Christ, they have the Antichrist spirit. They're, they're anti-God. Anti but yet we have created a, a being or person that's going to show up sometime. And, and I, that's, I don't believe that Scripture teaches that. I want to share some things with you. And I think we've got a couple of books back there by a couple of men, Harold Eberly and Martin Trench, called Victorious Eschatology. Some of you have read it. I read it several years ago. I've picked it up in the last month or so. And uh, I want to share some things that they say that I have really come to, to believe that this is what God's doing and where we're at in a lot of things. But there was a teaching in that day and time called Gnosticism. And there, there was people that taught that. They taught that Jesus Christ was the son of Joseph and Mary, but it was not a virgin birth. In other words, he was just born like a regular person. But at his baptism, a spirit called the Christ came upon him and remained until he was crucified. Now, this was a teaching that eventually took over about a third of, of Christians, and it's a perverted gospel. Their, their teaching was spirit things are good. God's good. Human things are all bad. So they could not believe that God through Jesus, would come and take on human flesh. They couldn't, they didn't believe that. They believed that Satan was the God of the Old Testament, so they had nothing to do with that. They believed you should uh, more or less keep the law, and if you did that, you would end up living a thousand years and enjoy all the sensual pleasures that you wanted. So it was a perverted gospel. But, you can hear John really saying, you know this verse. In uh, John 14, uh, no, cha John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word become flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. You know that verse. See, John was telling him, no, we lived with Jesus. We walked with Him. We saw Him. Amen. Peter talked about, we ate and drank with Him. We, we touched Him. I mean, these verses about Jesus Christ coming in the flesh is very important. He came in the flesh. God, see, Scripture says God was in, in Jesus, in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself. God came to earth. He took on human flesh like your flesh, my flesh. They didn't believe that. That's why these verses are so important. And it was really helped me to understand even that verse in uh, 1 John 4 where it says, don't believe every spirit. Well, we've, we've talked about different spirits and how do you tell. But what they're saying is, if a spirit or a person, or maybe you, you feel like there's a spirit talking to you, just ask them, 
Do you confess that Jesus Christ come in the flesh? A demonic spirit can't, can't, they won't agree with that. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God and the spirit of, is the spirit of the Antichrist and of which you have heard that is now coming and is now already in the world. So there was a, lo a lot of believers that were getting sucked into this old way of believing that Jesus really didn't take on a, the flesh and walk out and live a perfect life. There's just, Scripture answers every question. 1 John 1 and 2 says, What was from the beginning we have heard, and what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. And the life was manifest, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you eternal life which was with the father and was manifest to us he said we knew, we knew he come in the flesh we we saw him we walked with him uh, for three years so out of these four verses that talk about the antichrist it says have gone out into the world now already in the world Many antichrists have appeared, have gone into the world. So you don't need to look for a coming antichrist. Let me tell you, that spirit's already here. It's, there, there, I believe there was a person that fit that description in that day and time. I, I think it, was, it could have been Nero. Ne, uh, Caesar Nero. But see, John would have been put to death Instantly, if he had written and put some ruler's name in print. There are several places where it talks about, you know, or you've heard, or I've told you, uh, things like that. But Nero Caesar killed many of his family, including his pregnant wife, by kicking her to death. He also had an incestuous relationship with his mother. He married a uh, young boy in a godless ceremony, then castrated him. He demanded to be worshipped, had a 120-foot statue made of himself. They have found inscriptions referring to him as Almighty God and Savior. He tortured and killed many Christians. He had the Apostle John boiled in oil and sentenced him to the Isle of Patmos. Nero Caesar was the seventh Caesar to rule Rome. He became emperor at age 19, ruled for 12 years, and committed suicide at age 31. I mean, there's just so many things. He, he could have been the Antichrist, but it's not the person I want to talk about. It's the spirit that's in the world. What do you think this spirit is in our government? It's anti-Christ. Socialism is anti-Christ. Scripture says no worky, no eaty. And it's all a gimme here. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just changed. It's, it's not a godly system. 
And see, we're, we're, we get more sucked into it all the time, brought into it. We get where we think that's the norm. But we're a peculiar people. We're called to be different. We're called to stand against that. And I, I don't think we should walk in... We're, I know we're not to walk in fear. See, <clears throat> where, where do we get the idea that the Antichrist and the beast in Revelation and the man of lawlessness in Second uh, Thessalonians are all the same person. I don't think they are. Nero could, Nero could have fit any of them. But we're talking about a spirit. If you if you read that book, and I think they've got a lot of understanding on that. When you talk about the seven kings and you get in Revelation and the horns and there's a lot of symbolic things in that. For instance, Scripture says Jesus owns the Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, you could easily say he owns the cattle on ten thousand hills. I mean, the world's his, but it's he, he's, he's speaking. He's laying out some. He's stretching us. Uh, in the letter to the seven churches, the church of Laodicea, he said, uh, you're not hot or cold. I'd like to, I could spit you out of my mouth. I'm sick of you. And then he ends it up by saying, what? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if you'll open the door, I'll come in and sup with you to the church in Laodicea. Now, do you think there was a real door he's knocking on? It, that's his illustration. And there's a lot, that's right, he's trying to knock on our hearts. But there's a lot of things like that in Scripture. I think the beast in Revelation is, is it could have been Nero, it could have been some other Caesar, but it was the spirit behind that that's a demonic power that r ruled the earth for about 500 years. We talked about that last week, how God has dealt with things. The Jewish people didn't walk it out with God in their systems. And he said, that time period has come to an end. Someone gets born again now, it's whether they're Jew or Gentile, they've got to believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The, the man of lawlessness in uh, Second. Thessalonians, there's a couple of ideas who that could have been. One of them was a man named uh, John Levi that uh, was a Jewish man. And he was against, of course, the Roman rule, which I understand that. But he was also against a lot of things in Jerusalem. But he <clears throat> said as long as the priests could restrain him, they could handle him. And yet, there came a time when he called in the Adulams, I believe is the way you pronounce it, with an army of 20,000 that came against Jerusalem. This was before the, the year 70 when the temple was burned and Jerusalem was burned. And they came in, they killed 8,000 8, people, including the priest. So John wasn't restrained anymore. He took over the temple. He offered 
wrong sacrifices in there. He defiled it. And yet, that confusion brought in the Roman government, which surrounded Jerusalem for four months, and eventually was starving the people. And while they were starving, this John Levy burned their food supply. I mean, there's been a lot of evil rulers in the land. A lot of demonically empowered people. He was in the temple as the Romans took over and it was burning and they carried him out as the temple burned to the ground. There's people that still <clears throat> uh, are looking for the temple to be rebuilt in Jerusalem so they can offer their sacrifices. Listen, we don't need the temple to offer sacrifices. Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price. He was the living sacrifice. There's been a lot of things in history that we don't have full knowledge of. But we've got to, <coughs> excuse me, we've got to trust him and walk it out with him. He has called us. We're, we're the army now. How do you think? I started to say how David felt when he looked at all that. I guess he didn't have any fear in him. What did he say? Who is that uncircumcised Philistine? He does not have a covenant with God, and I do. I mean, Daniel, I mean, David probably wasn't a big man of stature. He'd already killed a lion and a bear. Yeah, there you are. Come on. We have got to keep fighting the fight. I mean, fear wants to stop us. It wants to shut us down. But it didn't seem to David. And yet the world wants to change us. The world tried to change David. What do? What'd they do? Saul said, put my armor on. Saul was a big man. Put his armor on David. He, hey, I can't fight in this. Can you imagine him going down there and picking him up five rocks? He, you work with what you have, not what you wish you had. You work with what you have. What, what was that saying you had out there for you? Prayed as much as we worried. God's waiting on us. There's a lot of things he's waiting on us about. Don't worry about, there's enough in today. Don't worry about tomorrow. There's enough stuff today. But if we could just give old number one to God and say, that's, that's my battle, it's still my battle. We battle every day some way. Because there's an unseen force against us. Some of you are battling for loved ones. Debbie's battling for her son's health. For some other issues in their lives. Who's going to battle for your kids if you don't? Who's going to battle for your job or your company? Who's going to battle over you? That's why it says we're, 
we're to love one another. We're, we're to stimulate one another to good works and to be about what God's about. Does this region not need a move of God? I don't know whether to say revival, restoration, or what. Just God come have your way. And it's not just all our government. <clears throat> the government's in the shape it's in because the church is in, in the shape it's in. There's a group going now called Black Robes Regiment just trying to get preachers stirred up to stand up and talk about issues of life other than just Mary had a little lamb. And that's still the greatest message. I'm, you know I'm not against that. We've already talked about that this morning. It still took, takes the cross. How did Jesus get on the throne? He died first. He physically died. And that's what the Lord just wants us, to die to number one. But you know, I thought I had in this, and I've got a lot, a lot of notes from that book. If you want to get that, it's a great read. But you know what my thought was? Wonder what's in me that's antichrist. Just think about that. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. See, we get our place figured out. And until I'm telling you still, most of the church world thinks when they're born again, when they die, they're going to go to heaven and that's it. That's true. When you, <clears throat> I believe that. But surely we ought to want to become disciples to bring some others with us. Amen. That's what it's about. Are you a disciple? And don't say, no, I'm still in training. Yeah, you're in training. You'll always be in training. I promise you, I'm in training. But what are you training for? Have you asked anybody or have you talked to anybody else about Jesus or coming with you or going with you? Where's the fruit that God's in your life? Those verses I started out with sounded like if we claim to know Him, that we'd be like Him. That's the test. You can't have some, you know, I, I've had men in my life that really influenced me. In business, particularly in the horses, some preachers that have influenced me. But, I've, but Jesus is my hero. He's my Savior. Amen. No man died for me. No one will stand in your place before God and say, now, I, I'm going to help you get through this test. You're going to meet God on your own someday. What was that? Oswald Chambers said, we battle fear all of our lives and the last, everything's a test and the last great test is a fear of death. I mean, if you were on, know you're going to die today. Could you, you know, it's easy to say, yeah, I could face that. 
Listen, there's people facing that today. I'm sure it's battled Eddie. He's doing better, but he, he's in the nursing home recovering. We're used to seeing him go around here doing anything he wants to do. He, he probably can't walk from here to Mariah now, but he will. Eddie, come on. But see, God's calling us all to step up, to get in the fight, to get in the game. I just wanted to lay this out about the, some of the end time things. What about today, though? What about where we're going with our lives? What he's got for us? Think, think of that. Think of you of being part of the army of God. And listen, how valuable you are in the kingdom of God. How valuable you are to Ascension Church. How valuable you are to me. You, you wouldn't believe my prayer list, the way I go about praying when I, when I pray over people in the church. I don't know how I ever got the route that I go, but I do. And it catches every one of you. I know you pray, but believe. And you can't make someone else come with you, but yet you have influence. You have influence on other people's lives. They say even a person that's not mentally 100%, let me say it that way, will influence at least 10,000 people in, his, in that person's life. Let's influence them for the kingdom. We're to be who He's called us to be. He's for us. And He's given us an opportunity to stand up and fight. It's our turn now. You can look behind you. There's nobody behind me. Sometimes it's just your turn. It's our turn now. And you've got more in you than you know. You've, you've heard the gospel all your life. You've read the Word a lot in your life. The Word's in you. But it's not going to do anything until you activate it. It's like lighting a fuse to a stick of dynamite. Some of you just got a soggy fuse. But if you light it, it'll go off one of these days. <laughs> it's the life of Christ in you. He gives life by His Spirit that's in you. I want the warriors to rise up. It's time. We've got an appointed time for a particular week in this city this coming month to make a difference, not in just Skytook, but it'll, it'll affect our whole region because it's a God idea. And don't underestimate your prayers. Keep praying. Pray, about, pray for Ray Garcia. Pray for his family. Pray for the weather for it. Pray for rain now. We just need the Lord in every area of our lives. But I'm telling you, He's faithful.
He is faithful. The one who says, I've come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has been truly perfected. If you keep his word, he says, the love of God is being perfected in you. By this we know that we are in him. Let's abide in him. Let's stand up and worship him. Let's praise him. Let's give him thanks this morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Listen, if you're not in the army of God, you need to be. If you've, if you've never really been born again, today's your day. If you know those scriptures that I read don't describe your life, you need to come and repent. You need to repent before God. Listen, it's a continuing process for us to humble ourselves before God. I continue to cry out to God. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. We bless you, Lord. We've got some that will pray for you as you come this morning. If you want someone to pray for you, We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Failures never final when the father's in the